Attention to roll call. Welcome to the 265 Police Live Series. Brought to you by the New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. The mission of this podcast is to provide expert analysis of past and present law enforcement related events with a trained eye. Listen to the boots on the ground weigh in on the court of public opinion. All right, everyone, welcome to 265 Police Live, brought to you by New York's Finest Retired Unfiltered Podcast. I'm retired Lieutenant Eric Dim, most complained cop, NYPD. Along with me here today is John McCarry, the founder of New York's Finest Retired Unfiltered Podcast. Retired Lieutenant, forced out due to the vaccine. Along with me today here is the great man, Roger Stone. Roger, thank you so much for being here. And of course, Sal Greco, wrongfully terminated by the NYPD. Well, first I'd like to say, Roger, I just want to honor you. Thank you for being on the show. Roger Stone has been uh, part of numerous political campaigns, uh, which include, of course, Nixon, Reagan, and now Donald Trump. Roger Stone has been targeted by an anti-Trump crowd throughout the United States, along with Sal Greco, who's actually endured the same type of pressure and the same... Uh, alienated because of his political views and also his friendship with Roger Stone. So today we have an opportunity to talk about the hypocrisy that has been going on with Sal Greco being terminated and also Cardi B being a guest of honor at the New York City Police Department. And the irony to, you, irony to this is that Cardi B did not go there on her own volition. She was forced there by community service, which I don't even know how you get community service about this. But Sal Greco was wrongfully terminated for his association with Roger Stone. Roger Stone was pardoned by Donald Trump. And from the research I've done, pardon means that you're exonerated and you no longer have a record. And if I'm correct, Roger Stone is able to vote. He's able to carry a firearm, which to me means he's a good standing citizen. Cardi B is a convicted felon, an admitted blood gang member, admittedly robbing men, dr drugging men. So I don't see how she's influential. So, Roger, let's just go into it. Can you tell us your thoughts about this? Sure. First of all, let me uh, let me salute all three of you for your service to the people uh, of New York City. Uh, you have put your lives on the line uh, for many years to serve the public, uh, which uh, sadly today, if you're a police officer, seems uh, unfortunately uh, thankless. Um, Sal Greco uh, is a 14-year veteran of the New York City Police Department. Uh, often given the graveyard shift in some of the most dangerous and undesirable precincts uh, in the city. He has an unblemished record uh, of service to the people of New York, uh, and uh, he's done nothing whatsoever wrong. Now, he and I were in Washington, D.C. on January 5th and 6th. Uh, on the 5th, I gave a public speech at a legally permitted event. Uh, and the contents of that speech are uh, covered by the First Amendment. I certainly didn't call for violence or insurrection or lawlessness or anything of the kind. I did exercise my free speech right to question uh, the irregularities and the anomalies uh, in the 2020 election. When more people are registered, more people vote than are registered to vote in a given precinct in, say, Philadelphia, um, that's evidence of of malfeasance uh, and fraud. 
every American has the right to ask those questions. Uh, neither Sal Greco and I were uh, uh, on the ellipse January 6th. We didn't march to the Capitol. We weren't at the Capitol. Neither one of us knows anything about what happened at the Capitol. And any assertion that we knew in advance about or, uh, or was involved in any way in or condoned any illegal action on that day is categorically false. Uh, but when Sal Greco returned to New York, uh, to go back to work. Uh, he learned that a formal complaint had been lodged against him. He went through uh, an administrative process uh, in which he was terminated from the job he loved, uh, losing his pension, losing his good standing, making it essentially impossible to work as a police officer uh, in another state or another jurisdiction. Uh, and it is based on a claim by the NYPD uh, that he associated with me uh, and that I am technically uh, a convicted felon, despite the fact that I received a, a full uh, and unconditional presidential pardon. The problem with this uh, is several fold. Uh, first of all, uh, Eric Adams, uh, who uh, loves to wear the fact that he was a police officer on his sleeve, was a police captain, uh, admits in his book that he provided uh, personal security for Mike Tyson, a convicted felon, uh, and Louis Farrakhan, an anti-Semite, and a convicted felon. Uh, he was brought up on these same charges under the same regulations, uh, and they docked his vacation pay by 15 days. Big deal. They didn't ruin his life. They didn't, they didn't cost him the job uh, that, uh, that uh, he was engaged in. They didn't take his pension. They didn't make him unemployable as a police officer in any other jurisdiction. Uh, so uh, there's an equal protection art, uh, uh, argument here. There's also a First Amendment uh, issues. Uh, Sal Greco has every right to be my friend and a friend of my family. There's no evidence that Sal Greco engaged in any improper or illegal activity in Washington, D.C., or in any other city at any other place or time. Now, uh, this hypocrisy, this double standard, is playing out in spades. Cardi B, uh, of whom I'm not particularly a fan, uh, very clearly shows up at the New York Police Academy. She is a convicted felon. She is uh, she is uh, a admitted gang member. She has made uh, music advocating the murder of the police, uh, but it's still a violation of the exact same NYPD regulation that they used to terminate Sal Greco. Now, I looked at this regulation this morning. It doesn't say except for when you are involved in community service. There's no exceptions. So why, uh, why is this being hailed in the media as some great uh, piece of entertainment or some uh, 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 rehabilitating act on her part when it violates the exact same rules under which Sal Greco was terminated. Roger, before we go any further, I just want to ask one question because it's, it's always dawned on me and I always wanted to ask you this. So throughout your friendship with Sal, were you ever aware that there was potential that Sal could face some type of discipline, that this was a, an authorized relationship for the NYPD? 
or that was never a concern. You, you didn't think about that because of the First Amendment. Was this something that you thought of? Was this something that was talked about at all uh, during, nothing, during your friendship? Nothing uh, that I ever spent five minutes working on because the claims uh, by the NYPD uh, and claims by uh, some in the New York Post and the New York Daily News that Sal Greco was uncompensated concern, uh, 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 security for me are patently false. First of all, I've never, he's certainly uncompensated. He's an uncompensated friend. Uh, no, I've never paid him anything, uh, but he's a, a friend of mine. We, we became friends through social media. He was very, very supportive of me and my family when we were targeted in the Mueller witch hunt. Um, I was unaware of any um, uh, New York City uh, Police Department regulation that would prohibit um, our communications. Uh, but if nobody in the NYPD is in touch with anyone who is a convicted felon, how do their street informants work? There's the question I'd like to ask uh, the police commissioner. How does that work? That's actually a great question. So I just want to sum it up. <clears throat> Roger Stone, thank you so much for being here. You're identifying the friendship that you have with Sal Greco. And you've been an influential person. It's in my opinion. And John, we talked offline. You've been persecuted by this anti-advocates because you support Donald Trump. Uh, it's unfortunate. And here we see Sal Greco. He's persecuted on a local level. Uh, so, John, you and I have been pretty adamant. We've been vocalized and expressive about our opinions about the hypocrisy, the double standards of the New York City Police Department when it comes to Sal Greco and Cardi B. And I'd also like to highlight that someone else that I thought was also being persecuted by this double standard. Her name is Sergeant Dana Martillo. And the reason why I like to bring that up with the nexus with this is that she was wearing a Trump patch on her uniform when she lost 40 penalty days, 40 vacation days. And I mean, the sum of money and just the pain and stress and suffering that she had to go through for that is absolutely an atrocity. If anyone should be doing girl talk, it should be her. So, John, let me get your thoughts on these tweets that we got out there. Maybe this is a good opportunity to put them up there so the public can see. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the tweets. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I put out a few tweets. They kind of went viral, got some headlines, some bad press for the media. I think even hip hop magazines saw the hypocrisy in it. <laughs> the first thing that came to my head that when I tweeted about it was was what happened to Sam, you know, and I'll go directly into that. But but Sal, I'm really curious, like what 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 you think when you saw when you saw the NYPD parade in Cardi B? And, and, and ground in the police department. That, that's unbelievable. First and foremost, I'd like to thank uh, Eric and John for having me on. I never got a chance to actually work with you guys in NYPD. I didn't know you while I worked there, but you've actually become uh, good friends of mine now. And it's also Hi, guys. an honor to be here with my very close friend and special counsel, the great Roger Stone, also known as the wise man. So when we get back to Cardi B, okay, I want to let's elaborate a little bit. My case, right? There were four administrative charges I was hit with. The first one's right here, okay? Patrol guide procedure 20310, page one, paragraph 2C. Public contact prohibited conduct, general regulations. Wrongfully, knowingly associated with a person reasonably believed to be engaged in or likely to have engaged in criminal activities. They were stating that it was both Roger and Kristen, right? Then the next charge is conduct prejudicial to the police department. I acted as uncompensated security for Roger and Kristen, January 5th and 6th. And then the last part is misleading statements because they asked me about 50 times if I was Roger's security. The fact I said no is a lie to them, apparently. 
So now we go into Cardi B. You just read this. Okay? I just read this out. It doesn't say exceptions. It doesn't say. It says wrongfully and knowingly associated. So Chief Holmes, which is a three-star chief and the head of the police academy, apparently her or someone else, we don't know who, invited Cardi B, who does have a record. She's been criminally convicted. She's also a known gang member to this day. She's also adversarial to the police department. She's rapped songs against them. She's tried to fight them in the street when they were arresting her husband or her boyfriend, whatever that is. So conduct prejudicial to the police department. He is paraded around a secure police facility with other officers escorting her. I don't know if you want to call that uncompensated security or whatever you want to call it. And they're wrongfully associated with someone who was likely to have engaged in criminal activity. By law, by definition, they are violating their own patrol guide procedure, which they stated I did. And unlike them, well, I don't know how many officers are involved. They terminated me for this. But I guess the 30 and 40 or 50 officers are in the building. Nobody wants to open up an investigation on them, I guess. So the thing is, is there has to be not you can't have two standards. You have to have one standard. It's one rule for all. That's protection. So this weekend, when I saw this, obviously, uh, I got my DMs, my text messages went through the roof saying, hey, did you just see that Cardi B was in the police academy? And I mean, she's a convicted criminal. And here you are, you got terminated, stating that Roger is, is some kind of bad guy. And therefore, you got terminated. And, and that's the double standard here. And it's a Stone's rule. You know, hypocrisy gets them. It's actually a Stone's rule. You can't state, if you're stating that this is for uh whatever it was called a girl talk or for, for community service there's no exceptions to the rule so you can't so i want to know who's the arbiter of this first amendment right that you have associated with people stating cardi b is okay for the police to hang out with including all the civilians there they are also in violation of this rule it's not just the cops it's the paas it's the, the janitor they're all they all associated with a criminal who is the arbiter that states cardi b is okay to hang out with She's a reformed criminal, but Roger Stone and Kristen Davis are the scum of the earth because I don't know they're conservatives. They were, you know, Roger is an advisor to Trump. We we don't like that. This is the avenue this seems to go. That's a political thing. But when I saw that tweet, John, it was a it really hit home. I saw a couple of articles. It went viral on Twitter. Uh, I a friend a friend of ours uh, put a TikTok up about it. I also understand it was a former police commissioner. He chimed in with something about this because he wasn't happy about uh, hearing about what happened with Cardi B. So it, it's uh, it was a lot. It was very touching to me, John. It meant, meant a lot to me. I actually jumped on it. And I, we never even contacted each other. You just did it, you know, out of goodness out of your heart. And I thank you very much for it. Uh, uh, you, I, I'll pull the tweet up now. Let's go, let's go through it now. I'll read it out. I'll read it out. So, uh, you know, I basically put watch NYPD news associate with known criminal. I am Cardi B while they hold on to the illegal termination of the Sal Greco for being friends with Roger Stone. FYI, Roger was not drugging and robbing Johns of their money and jewelry. Cardi B and her WAP was. So that went pretty, you know, that went pretty viral. The Daily News picked it up. They had my tweet in there. They winded up pulling the tweet out. They left some of my statement in there. They pulled out the her and her WAP, which I, I you know, was there, but the Post picked it up. Uh, he actually had hip hop magazines pick it up and it went around. And honestly, the hypocrisy is outstanding. I, I could think of a million reasons why it's so wrong. And there's another tweet that wasn't in there. And it was a tweet from her earlier that day. 
right before she enters there, she's complaining that she has to wake up early for community service. So she's letting her fan base know. She's letting her fan base know, when you see me with the calculator, I'm being forced to do this. So it wasn't out of the goodness of her heart. It wasn't a surprise visit. And, and Eric actually sent me a, a tweet just today from the 4A precinct CO, the commanding officer, saying, oh, he's thanking Cardi B for her surprise visit to the police academy to speak to young ladies and empower them. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, really, you know what? It, it's really extraordinary. What people don't realize is that when you are targeted in this way, uh, that the government, in this case New York City, they have unlimited funds with which to persecute you. They have an unlimited platoon uh, of lawyers with which to persecute you. In my case, my wife and I lost our home. We lost our savings. We lost most of our insurance uh, because I was uh, put under a gag by a federal judge. I wasn't allowed to defend myself. People uh, today continue to call me a Russian traitor uh, based on the fact that there's a lack of any evidence to support that outrageous claim. Uh, but uh, Sal Greco has essentially lost his life savings, uh, lost everything he has uh, in a fight for justice. He's filed a lawsuit. It's a very strong lawsuit. It's become a much stronger lawsuit, or it's about to, uh, because previously we had the example of Mayor Adams, uh, for whom there was a different standard. But now you have a much more recent example, uh, which is uh, outrageous. There is no exception for community service. Uh, she's not supposed to be communicating uh, or in contact uh, with uh, New York City police officers under the regulation under which Sal Greco was uh, terminated. Uh, and they can't be treated differently uh, than they treat uh, Sal Greco or they treat me in this case. So uh, folks who want to help, to uh, helplessnycop.com, helplessnycop.com, one word, helplessnycop.com, because this is very, very expensive. I'm trying to help Sal raise the money to, to pay his lawyers. Uh, and what does he want back? Does he want his job back? No, not really. What he wants is his good name back. What he wants is his pension back that he paid into all those years. Uh, and he wants his good name back so he could uh, go work as a law enforcement officer in a different jurisdiction, perhaps a jurisdiction in which law enforcement officers are more respected for the dangerous job that they do. Yeah, it, it's just, it's outrageous. You know, Sal, I, I just want to empathize with you because I, I look at this and I say to myself, and we look at Instagram and Twitter every day. That's what we're doing. And yeah. every time I see these hypocrisies and these double standards, I say to myself, honestly, Sal, I say, wow, how does he feel about this? I mean, his blood must be boiling. They're rubbing it in your face. I mean, it's just clearly they just one time after another just dangle the carrot in front of you, say, your face, say, hey, look at this. We can do whatever we want without punishment. There's no rules. John says it all the time, and I agree. This is a game that the NYPD plays, but every game there's different rules. And, and, and that's why I had put out a tweet. I put out some information on Instagram. I said, Sal Greco was persecuted for a term that I never even heard of, uncompensated security. To this point, I still don't even know what that means. None of us do. But in order for Cardi, to, Cardi B to be in our most precious areas of NYPD facilities, she had to be escorted to these facilities. 
So is that compensated security? And I agree with you, Roger. You're 100% right. There is no standards. There's no exceptions for on-duty, off-duty. If someone is providing community service, there's no exceptions. If they're going to follow this patrol guide, then they have to follow patrol guide to the letter of the T. They cannot bend it in any facet that they want and manipulate it. And that's what we see with the NYPD. They manipulate it. and It's unfortunate. And they placate to the public. And, and I, you know, it, it really pains me because I think that we should have moral principles. I take pride in us being good leaders. And when I saw that tweet today from the 4-8 precinct commanding officer, him sucking up to his bosses so that he could get promoted by saying that Cardi B, it was a pleasure to have her doing girl talk. And it was a pleasure to have her. And this tweet came out two days later. It's obvious that he was pushed by the NYPD to put this tweet out there. But where's the moral principle for this commanding officer to stand up and say, you know what? I'm proud. I'm here. I'm a commanding officer, but I'm not putting this tweet out there. I mean, I don't know if he has sons or daughters, but let's say he has a daughter. Do you want this one doing this Cardi B giving girl talk to your daughter? I, I find it hard to believe that you actually believe that tweet that you put out there. And it just shows that they're sucking up to their bosses to get promoted. And it's not about public safety. It's not the best interest of the people. It's about political gain. That's right, Eric. I mean, listen, uh, I saw the tweet you, you, you actually uh, put up. And it's just, you know, it's more that uh, the CEO of a command is now sucking up to them, stating, oh, it's okay to hang out with this fellow. Again, it's okay to hang out with this gang member. But, you know, Roger, we, we can't we can't be seen with him because, you know, we, for whatever reason, they have, they have an issue with Roger. And, you know, stating something like that, you're saying you're dangling the carrot. goes, listen, Eric, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of comments on Twitter. You got people calling me a grifter. You got people saying... Oh, look at this guy. He's making up a story. I had somebody close to me who even doubted me. And, you know, right now we're not even talking because they they read the NYPD's uh, response to my first complaint and are saying, well, you must have done something wrong because the way this is written. I mean, listen, the way the NYPD writes things against you, they make you believe that, oh, this person is the worst person on earth or they've done whatever. But, of course, none of that was true. Because if you also remember in my case, they used an administrative subpoena, 14-137A in the New York City Administrative Code. And that's how they got my record from Verizon and the Willard Hotel and uh, social media. But the case was criminal. That's what they wrote. So for the criminal case, you have to go through the district attorney's office. You can't go through your administrative powers. There's a total abuse of power there, which is also stated in a lawsuit. And right here in the People versus Ayodele, which was in the New York Supreme Court, Queens County, April 18, 2012, the court found that the subpoena used was improper, the evidence was suppressed, and the case was dismissed. So that's the second thing that's going on in this lawsuit, separately from just the associating with a criminal part, which in itself is indefensible at this point with Cardi B involved. But the subpoena part is also an abuse of power. And then it's the third part was I was uh, investigated and had to be brought down to the January Committee essentially answer the same questions that the NYPD were questioning me about, which in the NYPD, you cannot plead the fifth, as you know. Any investigation, you must answer or you lose your job. That's 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 the uh, rules there. So I couldn't say, hey, um, you're asking me, Roger posted something on Parler. How is that? Not, how can I answer for Rod? But you have to answer the question. You can't say, oh, I don't know or whatever, because they'll just keep spinning it back around. That's what this... Uh, at IEB uh, investigator, that this interrogator, that you know, he's Mr. Wonderful, by the way. So uh, you have to answer the questions. And that this entire procedure 
including the department trials, you have a kid Everything is looked to change this whole thing. So we, the, the rule is overbroad, the uh, associating with a felon. The prejudicial, the police, but that thing's a joke with the uncompensated security. So I'm looking to change everything. I'm an agent of change. I'm not here to clout chase. I'm not here to be rich. I'm not here to make uh, you know friends with all these Hollywood people. I was a regular Joe. I just happened to be friends with Roger Stone, who happened to me and him just hit it off. It's like, Roger, like I said, he's my friend. He's my special counsel. We're like two Sicilians. It's like we always have a good time together. It has nothing to do with doing anything or off-duty employment or whatever the hell they were claiming. So I'm an agent of change. So when you're supporting me, when you're supporting, supporting yourself, because, see, look, this can happen to you. I'm sure there's other cops behind me and federal agents and sheriffs that this has happened to. But they don't have a voice and they're afraid or whatever the case is. In my case, could change everything for this country where you realize that, you know what, you can't just pick on someone with something ridiculous like this and try to ram it through and nobody says anything or nobody challenges it. If you see something, you should be able to challenge it, especially in this country. I mean, it's still the United States of America. I, I mean, I don't know if you know, Joe Biden's America, but it is still the, the United States of America. So you would hope that you could challenge something that's so unjust and egregious as this uh, situation has been. I just want to point out that there's very selective enforcement, as we could see, and that's the overriding theme in all of it. It's selective enforcement. It's we're going to enforce against the people who we don't agree with. I firmly, I firmly believe that if Sal Greco was friends with a rapper who's on the left, who prescribes to the left's ideology, he would have no issues whatsoever, even if he was found guilty and admittedly did compensated security, he would be given a penalty of 15 days. He would not be fired for it. Sal Greco was terminated in a fashion like we've never seen before. I mean, it was a complete political prosecution, uh, police persecution, I, I'm, excuse me. And, and, and it's completely wrong. And the, and the NYPD went out of their way to contact the Department of Justice as well and to get a letter to try to state that Roger is still a convicted felon, even though he has a pardon, and which is, it's, it's a wrong term. The man could carry a gun license. The man could, it could vote. He, you know, he did not partake in street criminal activity. He didn't participate in criminal activity whatsoever. He himself was a victim of political persecution, you know, and selective enforcement. So, Roger, I thank you for, for taking time to sit with us and to, and to help Sal in, in this fight, you know. Uh, well, folks, you see it uh, going across the screen there. Uh, it says, help this nycop.com. This is an expensive fight. Uh, I'm trying to help Sal raise the money to pay for his lawyers. They now have, I think, a very strong amended complaint, uh, adding the uh, activities uh, and the double standard regarding uh, Cardi B. Uh, John, uh, Eric, I salute you guys for standing with Sal and by continuing to tell people about his case. And I appreciate your inviting me here today to tell my side of it. God bless you guys. Eric, you you, you want to you want to keep going? Let's keep going. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I definitely, you know, uh, Roger. When he has an opportunity to uh, to view this, you know, I, I appreciate appreciate him taking the opportunity. It, it's it's there's also total hypocrisy. Uh, even if Roger was never pardoned, let's 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 just say Roger was never pardoned, and that was not the case. I, I think there's no comparison, all right? Because 
you're an NYPD cop. You work on a local level, on a street level. You don't work in, in, in when it comes to making arrests for Congress, um, for tampering with evidence, things of that nature. We work on a local level. So I always think that some, when it comes to discipline, it's something should correlate and it should actually be they always they always use that term in civilian complaint, internal affairs or investigations, narrowly related to your duties. You should be evaluated on what's narrowly related to your duties. I would think if you had a friendship with Cardi B, that's definitely much that has much more of an effect and impact of Sal Greco working on the streets, making arrests for DWI, for DUI, where he has the potential to stop someone that may be friends with Cardi B, that may persuade him taking action as a police officer. The chances of him pulling someone over that is friends with Roger Stone that's going to tamper with evidence at a, at a, at a meeting of Congress is highly unlikely. Yeah. But here we go one step, right? Here we go one step further. He was pardoned. And from all the research I've done, I'll say it again, which means he was exonerated. It's like it never happened. He has a clean slate. He has the right to vote. He has the right to carry a firearm. He still is an influential person. He's worked on numerous campaigns. It's just unfortunate because of his political stance. The only reason that you're in this position is because you have a friend that sides with Donald Trump. And that's the only reason that you're in this position. But it's so sad to look at this commanding officer placate to his bosses. It just shows that with the police department is so weak. There's no leadership. In some respects, I was telling John offline, I said, John, you know what? Maybe, maybe I can't fault this commanding officer that much, right? Because his leaders are telling him that's what's appropriate, that's what's okay, that's what you need to do to move up in the New York City Police Department. So he may think, I don't agree with it. I think, honestly, I think he's a total coward. I think he's completely weak. He shows no moral principle. He, If that was myself or John or you, Sal Greco, for the short time that I know you, I know none of us would put our stamp on that and agree with that, which is why we, we would not move that far within the police department because we would have the moral courage to say, wait a minute, I know I have daughters. I don't want Cardi B doing girl talk with my daughters, who is a convicted felon criminal. This is absolutely ridiculous, the hypocrisy. And we go one further. We talk about Sergeant Dana Martillo. I hope she has an opportunity to watch this. If she had a patch that was a picture of Cardi B that said WAP, would we be in the same position? Would she be losing 40 days? I find it highly unlikely. And after seeing that tweet, it's obvious we know the answer. So, Sal, what are your thoughts on, on the hypocrisy with yourself and Sergeant Dana Martillo, do you think that they're connected? I actually, uh, I actually um, have spoken to Dana right about when she was, I believe, when, before she dropped the the lawsuit. Uh, there's other factors in that case beyond the patch. I mean, you know, as you <laughs> know, in that in this department, anyone who's like outspoken or, what, or you could be anything political, they're gonna crush you. It's either you go along to get along, or they're gonna get you out of the way, and they don't care. Like, look at me. I had an unblemished record, 320 arrests. I've, I've been in, in and out of court my whole career. I never lost a case. Okay, never. So I've been in and out of court. I had one CCRB. I know you you, you were like the king of CCRB. I was only there <laughs> one, one time, and I was exonerated. Okay, I, I had no complaints. So, the, the, you know, she went in there. I know there's a rule. You can't have any kind of patches. I've seen even inspectors i've seen them with the patch patches on their on their uh body armor their vest that's over over the uniform and it could be like the, the punishment program I've, I've seen that on every cop the punish I, I never wore these patches 
But I've seen the Punisher logo. I've seen the military, who's in the Marines, who's in the Army, who's in the Navy. But to pick on her because it's something about Trump or the Punisher thing with the look, 40 days of suspension, that's egregious. We all know that that could be a few days. That could be a, all right, you worked midnights, now you're going to work day tour. Uh, it, you could handle this any other way. They decided to say this is political. Daily News, wherever it is. I've noticed one thing in the New York City Police Department. If it catches the Daily News or the New York Post or any of these newspapers, even if your body camera is filming this, the officer will be investigated and there's a chance he could be suspended or modified or taken off the street, pending whatever they want to state afterwards because they just can't handle any kind of publicity. You know, what happened to the days of Rudy Giuliani would sit there and go, I'm backing my cop, and that's it. I don't care what you write. Write whatever you want because it's not true. I looked at it. I'm the mayor. I have the final say, and that's it. You don't have that anymore. And Eric Adams, who is the mayor, was a cop. He sometimes comes out and says that, but he doesn't do it enough. I mean, something like this is strictly was political. The only reason Dana is in this position is because it's a patch with the Trump with Trump uh, hair or whatever it was on there. If it was a regular patch, it would just be a couple of vacation days because technically by the patrol guide, I know you're not supposed to have any kind of patches. But as you know, just like in my case, just like I stated before, the Stones rule, hypocrisy gets them. You've seen that many people, many different ranks wearing patches. They just happen to pick on her because. That's a great point, dude, because that it's the, it, it, it really does mirror your case because it's the egregious the penalty right like it's i don't agree with her wearing the patch i wore the patch too i never wore the vest on the outside of my of my stuff even when i was in crime i always even though i like wearing medium shirts like everybody else i would always wear out i would always wear an outer shirt to cover my vest i would wear like you know something with cut off sleeves to cover my vest yeah. so you would never see whatever patches i had on you wouldn't even know i was wearing a vest i mean cops know the perps know the, but average citizen probably didn't even know i was wearing a vest so i don't agree with it but I mean, we could go back in history of all the people that got that got in trouble for wearing a patch and they're, they're not going to get anywhere near 40 days. They're lucky if they're going to get 40 minutes and you a know? suspension yeah. <laughs> and a suspension, which, yeah, you're right. And this is I mean, it's completely egregious. And it's the same thing with you. Like how many cops do do actually compensated security? They never even proved that you did any security. They had no proof of it. They just said you did it. No way you and Roger Stone are friends. You're doing that. That was the assumption made on your part because they couldn't believe that, you know, which is ridiculous to me because we've had cops marry country singers. We've had cops that, are, that marry billionaires. We've had cops that, that you know, like whatever. They, they interact with very famous people all the time. So they just make an assumption about you. There's no way you're friends with Roger Stone. So we're just going to charge you with doing security for him. But if I, in fact did do security they had me on film doing security for someone and getting paid for it and they had in my financial records which they didn't have for you and nothing in your financial records because you no. didn't do it there was no financial transactions and if they would have had that i would have probably got 15 days like everybody else throughout history maybe 20 i would have never got terminated i mean that's that's it's it's insane to me that part there though because the patrol guide states off-duty employment. There is nothing about uncompensated security. That's why they stated conduct prejudicial to the police department, which is they can say anything. You wore white socks where everybody, you know, you wore black socks where everybody's supposed to wear white socks. 
you know, or, or, or white sock, you're supposed to wear black sock. That's how the, the whole patrol guide uh, procedure operates. They just want to, how do I give this on him to make him look bad? Because on top, listen, me, me and Roger, even to this day, I have people still, oh, you have to, you had to have been in security. Because there's people that watch this, they don't know. Are they <laughs> Or they, maybe they're envious that I'm friends with Roger or the, the proximity of how close I am to, to, to President Trump. This is – I was never his security, never in my life. The, the closest thing you could say to anything, which is still you can't say because you're friends, we go out to dinner, does Roger pay for the bill? Yeah, he's probably paid more than I have. Do I pay for the bill? Yes, I have also. That Now, this is not any kind of transaction. Two people that are friends – I mean, I spent Christmas with Roger. I've spent Easter with Roger's family. I was there for his trial, his family. I've, I've spent a ton of time with his kids. I spent time with me and uh, Roger and his wife, Nidia. So this is a, a familial relationship, not a I'm his security relationship. But people are still in their mind. They're being told from other people. We have to believe these other people because they might they know me and Roger better than me and Roger know each other. He has to be security. He has to. He has to. He has to. That's your problem around here. You can never assume. I mean, listen, we could have assumed when we were out in the street, you know, Joe's on the corner. You know, Joe's been arrested 25 times, and he's probably dealing drugs. Can I run over there and just bum rush him and handcuff him? No. You have to wait and see if this is actually true. And in my case, they never did that. They bum rushed the whole thing. They expected it to be a criminal case. They really thought that there was going to be something there. And the more they looked into it, the more you saw that there was nothing there. So at that point, they were so invested in this. And I don't know how much this cost the city or the taxpayers. You know, I don't know how much money they spent. But now they had to do something because the Daily News wrote about it. So that means now we have to do something. They could have easily just said, take a 10-day vacation hit. Ah, you were associating. Ah, okay, just don't do it again. Or in so many ways, this could have been handled. But they went all nine yards and to this day, stay to the, you're his security with no proof, and you're associating with someone who's uh, uh, likely to engage in criminal activity, but, hey, we'll invite Cardi B, who's everything of everything we just said. Basically, that's what she is. She is the epitome of what they were trying to make Roger and Kristen out to be, which is, it's the, the biggest hypo hypocritical thing I've ever seen done, at least in, in my time. As I was involved in the NYPD now a year after, uh, at least the year that I've been uh, gone from. Wow. You know, it's just it, it, the problem with the NYPD, and I've been saying this for years. I, I, was, I was a special ops lieutenant, so I would go to CompStat. And I would hear the dais of chiefs, and they would speak, and they would give out the information that's supposed to be funneled down to the troops. And it was always different than what we actually heard at the Parisian. They always talk to different two sides of their mouth, especially if there were reporters in the room, district attorneys in the room. The NYPD does a great job of manipulating situations and talking out of both sides of their mouths. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I particularly have a problem with this case also, Sal, is that I think the police department has to decide how are they going to attack you and what's their stance? Are you a friend of Roger or is it a professional relationship that you do in security? I mean, I don't see how you would be his friend and also his security. It just doesn't make sense. And to me, this is a complete paradox. That's what they don't Go ahead, Sal. I'm sorry. This is the problem with this also. I am six foot three. I do go to the gym six days a week. I'm a runner. I'm a, I've been a fitness guy my whole life. 
that appearance, because you see me, now people will assume he has to be security. He has to be. He just has to. But that's not how it works. Because as you know, if Lou Ferrigno was walking down the street with somebody many years ago, and he's six foot four, was he, let's say, Donald Trump security when he was hanging out with Donald Trump? I mean, this is that's how psychotic some of these people are. There is nothing there. It's a nothing burger. We are walk down the street with my friend. That means we're friends. Just because I train a certain way or I look a certain way, that doesn't make me security. Just like I think John wrote it. Does that? I think John put a tweet out. He goes, he went, he 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 went to have a dinner with his wife. Does that now make him her uncompensated security? Because technically speaking, if you have your firearm or your your shield or whatever, and you're off duty, technically they could say, hey. You, you're, you're uncompensated security for your wife because you're walking around protecting her and with you, you're badging your shield on, you know? That's ridiculous. Yeah, but he, John's not six foot three, so I don't think anyone's going to confuse him. Because my, of wife's four ten. my wife's 4'10", so in the pictures. I'm not six for you, yeah. so. <laughs> There's still the height appearance there, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, what's going on there? That height despair. You have to be his security. Who's going to protect him? Yeah, She's yeah, too yeah. short. You know, so then you're then you're, you're discriminating yet again. You're discriminating and you're also you're also assuming those are two things you can't do in life, you know. And in my case, they'll say, Hey, there's a guy, that guy looks like Roman Reigns. Hey, wait a minute, he's he's gotta be his security. He has to be. But it's just you're assuming and your projection, it's just you're project, projecting and assuming. And that's that's one thing as a police officer in particular, anyone in law enforcement. You can't do. You can never assume. You have to have the facts in your hands. How would you go to a district attorney, which in this case, they never did. They were supposed to. They just did everything administratively, even though it said criminal. That's a whole nother separate issue. How would you go to a district attorney and say, he's a security? How do I know? Oh, well, somebody said so. That's all they had. One cop told them that wrote that in a letter. Does that now mean you're his security? Where's the proof? Do you have any receipts? Oh, you, yeah, you're, you're in a picture with him. You have to be that. I'm if they never applied to the people that were hanging out with John Gotti in the 80s. But it's only picture with John Gotti. Does that make you now? Oh, you're his associate, you're his criminal. I mean, you could just be walking down the street and the guy says, Hey, how are you? You shook his hand. There you go. Oh, that's it. So now this man has to be involved in uh, a crime family business. But this is like the, this is the exact way this has become, which is outrageous. I can't believe we've, you know become this and this is from the 80s to 90s to all the way till now 2020s where you're in a picture or somebody states something it's true there's no facts to it we won't even look into it we're just gonna we're gonna stamp this on him and say he's security because officer joe said so and he wrote a letter that, that's what they essentially did here because there was never any proof there's no proof of it then now or today we're friends that's it well, Very good. sal in your case were you targeted for security as part of the investigation or was, was this just thrown in at some time and the reason why i asked that is because i never heard you throughout this uh, throughout this stance and through this fight now i've never heard you use the term moonlighting and i'm under the impression when they target someone for security they use the term moonlighting and I've, i haven't yet heard you use that term yet so were you talking for doing actual security or this was just an add-on like a catch-all we got you a moment the, 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 from what I was told when I originally stepped in, it was all, oh, you know, they want to talk to you about, you know, your, your, your uh, association or your, your relationship with Roger Stone and Kristen Davis and security. 
Dave asked that question. You could read it over the four plus hour, five hours I was being interrogated, probably more. Are you their security? I, you could read this over and over and over and over again. And the closest I got, I mean, I told, I think there was somewhere where I said technically no or something. I, when you ask something a million times and you can't say I'm done, you can't do anything. You can't even reach across the table and go, guy, enough is enough. You've asked this a million times. How many more times are you going to go over this? You know? They're just trying to make you get tripped up so that you say, yes, I am, or something crazy, because you want to, you know, you want to jump over the table and tell the guy, stop. I mean, we've, we've, we've been through this. But the closest I got was saying something like that. And of course, you know, when you're badgered for like hours about the same thing, you're either going to say something that's a little like when I said technically, I am not somebody, somebody, somebody would say that I am because that's why I'm there. You've obviously keep asking me if I'm security because somebody somewhere said he is his security. You have no facts, no proof. So the only thing you have is if I say, oh, uh, whatever, uh, you, you know, they, they're looking for me to say that I was, which I wasn't. But they're looking for that. So if they keep asking you this, it's almost like if we keep telling him, maybe he'll believe it himself. You know, that's that the, the whole investigation, how it started was uh are you associating with them? Are you, what's your relationship with them and the security thing? Which was asked at least 10, 20, 30. You, you gotta, I lost count how many times it was asked to me about the security thing, and it's ridiculous because off-duty employment. Are you off-duty employment? The answer is no, because you have to fill out paperwork. But you only have to do that if you're technically really security and making money. I've actually, like, I paid for dinners. I'm, I paid to come to Florida on my own dime. Like, these are things that I spent money to be with my friend. It's all friendship. That's my relationship. I'm not his – I mean, he was in D.C. when he had his own trial. He had his own security guys. He didn't have me. He had his own security the January 5th. I mean, I wasn't a security. I was just there as his friend. And so were many others. But they just focused in and zoomed in on me because I'm the big bad guy. You know, I'm friends with a guy that they don't really approve of. That's what this is all boned out to. It's still discrimination and bias. Due to political affiliations, your First Amendment is getting trampled on. And by the way, they've also trampled on the New York City labor law, 201D, and that protects against any kind of engagement in political activities, because that's what this is. It was political activities, being at uh, Roger's uh, uh, rally that he, you know, he spoke at on the 50th, he spoke that day. Just being there, that's protected in a political activity. And by the way, none of this occurred in New York City. And also, Eric, if you remember, I worked the entire way. I was never modified or suspended. If I am such a bad cop, I'm such a bad man because I'm hanging out with Roger Stone or I'm pictured with whoever the hell they want to throw up that I'm pictured with, then why was I full duty? Why was I asked to go write summons every day that I didn't really want to do? I'm a DWI enforcement guy. I always stopped the person and said, listen, are you drinking and driving? If you're not, I'm going to let you go because you know what? I'm not looking to hurt people. Writing summons is you're hurting people. You don't have to do this all the time. That's why they give you discretion. I think some guys today lost track of this. Summonses are a way to correct the condition. Not everybody that has a, you know, didn't signal a right, on the right turn deserves to get a summons. And then they got, it's just, just people need a break in life. They didn't commit any crime. Right. That's how I saw it. I used to look for a quality of life summonses, which then it became old summonses. And that was the end of that also. That the fun was out that you can't correct the condition with an old summons because they laugh at you. They'll just keep doing it over and over again. But that's what that was what I did as a cop. I was basically a broken windows guy. I like to write criminal uh, court summonses, which corrected any quality of life condition so that no, nothing got out of hand in the commands. And then I would go out and look for a drunk driver. 
writing moving summonses. Listen, that may work. The city makes money. That's great. But you know what? The common man, he's getting screwed. So unless this guy acts like a jerk or he's not grateful or he tells you, you know, he's giving you a lip about something, hear him out and then figure out what you're going to do because you don't have to write him. Sometimes that break can go a long way in this person's life. You're just trying to correct conditions. We're not out there like soldiers. Some cops, I think, think they're soldiers. This goes for even cops to other agencies, whether they're federal or sheriff. Don't be taking the job so serious because trust me, if you end up doing something like me where it's a subjective or something that goes against the grain and you don't go along to get along, you'll end up just like me. So think long and hard about your actions in the street. Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. It's 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 insane, dude. It's it like your your case is is it, it just it's the equivalent of me seeing a young kid driving a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car, pulling him over and being, "You're a drug dealer. I'm taking you to jail." Meanwhile, the kid like sells NFTs or he's an, an engineer geek somewhere, and you know he just looks like a young kid, maybe dresses like a thug or like a wise guy, and I find him guilty. No, he's guilty. He, it looks like he's dealing drugs, so we'll just arrest him. It's literally, it's literally that, you know, it's literally the, the same thing. It, it horrible what they did to you, man. It really is. It's it's absolutely horrible. And then and every and every and everything you're saying is right. You know, my, my brother in law told me before I got on the job, he said, Don't ever hurt the working man. Yep. Yeah, assholes out there. You don't need to write good people. You don't need to write a mother with her children. You don't need to write a guy going to work because he went five miles over the speed limit. And, so, you know, a bunch of people sent me a video yesterday of a, a patrol guy. I think it was in Manhattan. And he had a ruler. He had a, I'm sorry, a tape measure. He had a tape measure. And he rolls up. And there's a fire hydrant. Oh, and, my God. And he takes, the <laughs> he takes the tape measure. And he goes from the fire hydrant all the way to where the car was to see if it was in whatever the range is. I, I don't know. John, that was real? I was real. And my only response was a joke. I didn't even post it on social media because I like my, my only response is every time I got the message was loser. But really, I, I don't even I almost don't blame him because maybe he never heard that. And maybe I would have been a different cop if I never heard that. And maybe I would have been a different cop if I didn't have seen you guys on patrol telling me what to do and what not to do. You know, um, and I think we lost that in, in the police department. I mean, like, look, they're looking, they, they see a guy like Sal Greco. He gets fired for absolutely no reason. They see it for, just based on his political stand. They see a guy like Eric Dim, you know, going out there getting guns. And, and you know, and, and his, his career was done. Like, he was basically going to be shelved. He couldn't, he couldn't do his job effectively, even though he did his job effectively by the law the way we were trained to do it and you see a guy like me right i was very politically connected in the police department i moved my way up everybody loved me on that job until i said no i'm not taking that shot. you know what i mean no i'm not doing that. i'm not going along with that message you know i put my head down on a lot of other things and i was always a vocal guy but i didn't get bring myself out there on social media or obviously on podcasts and news interviews until that happened you know and i think that's where we're at now man like i you know so as much as all these these things, these bad things happened, I'm glad that like we've made this connection and we're starting to build a group to push back. And Sal, you know, I you know, I know I pray for you every day. I know, I know Eric Dim is always pulling for you. You know, we we really want your case to be very successful. And, that, and a shining that, light. praying for me, you know, it means a lot, John. It means a lot, Eric, that you guys are praying for me. And there's a lot of people out there to support me. I don't really pay attention to the haters, even though I mention them, but you know, I go to church every Sunday. 
and it's been a very touching thing. I go to church, Roger comes with a whole church group that comes with me, and it means a lot to me because I've had two years of just pure chaos. No matter what it was, it's just this thing has eaten me alive, and it's 14 years of that, unfortunately, because I was in the police department. And, you know, as the months have gone on, you kind of almost become a human being again, and you start to see how real life is. Not you're not on this job anymore, and you know it was just it's it's taken a toll on me and my family. You know, as you know, I lost my father in the middle of this. They were chasing me around. I watched my father pass away right in front of me. We couldn't pay for his uh, his wake or funeral. That we were holding on to whatever money we had, not knowing what was going to happen to me. I mean, my father only knew that they were looking at me for something criminal, and he's dying and thinking his son. He might go to prison, and I, he knows that I would never do anything wrong because I never went to this building. I never stepped foot in a federal building with my firearm, let alone in a federal building. I've only been to a courthouse, and he checked me in. So, you know, this was very rough on me and my family. Like I said, I lost my savings. I lost my job. I lost my pension. I lost plenty of friends. I have a love interest that, you know, they look at me and then in the long run, you know, I don't know about all of this because they stay hearing about all these things and people are in their ear. I've lost almost everything, almost everything. But there's one thing I haven't lost is my faith. And every Sunday when I go to that church and I see those people and you hear and you hear everyone speaking and they're speaking the gospel of, of Jesus and, and Luke and I'm hearing all these things. And you know, I feel I feel uh, reinvented again, you know, like I feel like. You have a purpose in life, and you can't forget that. No matter how many people, if people don't believe in you and they and they think you, you you're scum and everything, the same thing was going on with Jesus. The same thing happened around many people around Jesus. So I've found my way back into into life through God, or through the Lord, and through Jesus, and through the church. And it's something that I I strongly believe in now. And every night I'm praying and listen every. All these messages I'm getting, I'm seeing them. I talk to people. There's people texting me. There's people messaging me on uh, different uh, social media platforms besides, I think, Instagram or Twitter. But, like, you know, I, I see it, and it means everything to me. It means everything to my family also because it's, it, it touches me. Because I just remember when, you know, I was in the two-year odyssey. I didn't know what was going to happen. I really didn't. And I lost everything in, in the middle. So, John and Eric, it does mean a lot that you guys have publicly – defended me because there was a time where nobody defended me there was a time where people just said the hell with that guy he's a he's a he's an animal he's an insurrectionist he's a right-wing extremist and i'm none of those things i'm just a regular guy who grew up in brooklyn who is the son of a, two sicilian immigrants from sicily that tried their best to make a, a home and goodwill to people especially my father who's a great man and could not even get a funeral. There's people today that still don't know that my father passed away. And that's because because of this investigation, if I was speaking to anyone, they might have been chasing those people around for all I know. So be, this thing has really taken a bite out of my life. And it's kicked me in the, in the rear end. And I'm, I've had it. I, you know, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to fight this head on. I want to be the voice for everyone out there. And the reason that you a beacon of light for people to say, you know what? If Sal, who's almost like David at this point, is taking on Goliath, the irresistible force is meeting the immovable object. And we're going head to head. And we're going to present this case. That is, you know, I believe it's a it's I think it's in my favor because it's very egregious what happened. And I've been involved in many criminal cases 
because I did, you know, arrest many people. I was in court for many, many years, you know, and I, I just, I, you know, I really appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you for all the support. Thank you, everyone out there that has supported me. You can go to helpthisnycop.com. Believe me, when you contribute there or you buy my shirt or whatever, that really goes a long way in helping me because I spent 50K of my own money that I didn't have. I needed to get loans. I almost bankrupted my own family because they couldn't pay their mortgage anymore because they gave me money. I had to pay this back. It's been a crazy time, okay? And I'm just going to leave you guys with this. And this is a saying. This is something that was instilled in me. Not only by my father, because, you know, I lived in the shadow of my father my whole life and Roger lately. And uh, I've become now my own man with my own story. Okay, so I'm, I'll leave you with guys with this. The greatness comes not when things go always good for you, but the greatness comes when you're really tested, when you take some knocks, some disappointments, when sadness comes. Because only if you've been in the deepest valley can you ever know how magnificent it is to be on the highest mountain. A man is not finished when he is defeated. A man is only finished when he quits. And I will never quit. Thank you. God bless everybody out there. Always believe, because I certainly believe and I have faith that I'm going to get through this. And I'm not, not, it's not just for me, but everyone out there, everybody who stands behind me. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Eric and John. I love you guys. I love all my supporters out there. Everyone, thank you for believing in me and praying for me. I really feel it. And I really appreciate it. Uh, Sal, I have nothing but the utmost respect for you. I think you've been uh, targeted. It's been an overzealous investigation. I mean, I even, I feel, I mean, John and I speak about this, and I feel that when your investigation was at its conclusion, I think they already had concluded a decision, which ultimately is how they got you to the misleading statements. Because they already had their decision, and if you weren't going to agree with their decision or go along with it, they're going to get you with these misleading statements misleading statements. And why? I think the ultimate reason is to have the disciplinary matrix weaponized to have you terminated. So it's all a ploy. It was all well orchestrated to have you terminated, weaponizing that discipline matrix. And I commend you because I say this, if you did not take it to trial and you would not you would have accepted a form of discipline along with a year dismissal probation, it's in my opinion, you would have been retaliated against and ultimately you would have been terminated. Correct. Yeah. So this disciplinary, this disciplinary matrix was definitely weaponizing against you. Could, could you, before we close, could you elaborate, though, if I'm correct? Do you recall this discipline matrix being weaponized against you? Any specific charges that John and I had mentioned on our discipline matrix uh, podcast? Uh, all the uh, disciplinary matrix uh, in the courtroom was actually the prosecutor uh, had mentioned that the disciplinary matrix that stated the, that because of the uh, charges they had on me, I must be terminated. So they did use the matrix against me, stating that because the matrix stated whatever certain amount of days it was for whatever violation they hit me with, that the, the too many days had accumulated on the on the penalty stage, uh, the the the, the uh, penalty days, the days for the penalties. Therefore, I should be terminated. That was what they recommended, and it was the disciplinary matrix is the reason why. So, could you recall which charge, it, which actually specific charge it was in the matrix? And was was any aggravating factors used against you? Was this the presumptive, you know, penalty? I believe, or was I believe it's that one you stated. Mis the misleading statement one is the one that it's uh, termination. 
we'll say right. uh, 60, 90, 80 days, whatever it is. And yeah. this is misleading statement. Therefore, it should be termination. Because the accumulation of all the days combined makes this a termination. That was that was how they uh, explained it in the courtroom. All right. Well, Sal, it was a pleasure, brother. You know, you at you and Roger. You know, I appreciate you both coming on. You know, it was it was good sitting down with us. It was. And then, you know, like I said, uh, I'm trying to turn a negative into a positive because it's been two years of this, and it's just time to make this a positive not just for me but for every single human being out there that this has happened to or believes in this cause because if you don't fight back it's just they just it's just going to get worse there needs to be some kind of challenge if you're going to come with this nonsense and try to ruin someone's life and you don't even have anything concrete this should not be happening not in this country anyway so i commend you you showed strength Moral principles, unlike the 4-8 precinct commanding officer, along with Chief Juanita Holmes and other weak executives of the New York City Police Department that have showed cowardice and a weakness in zero, zero vision, zero leadership. John refers to them as managers, completely weak and timid and just placating to the public for this anti-police advocate. They're eating the police department within. I commend you. I commend Roger Stone. I commend you for being an advocate fighting for the First, uh, first Amendment. You're fighting for other police officers who could be you. John, thank you so much for taking this journey with me. Uh, it's been nothing but a hell of a ride. I enjoy speaking out the truth and trying to help uh, people like yourself. Uh, we all need to stick with this together, strength in numbers. And uh, like I said, you know what? Don't let the NYPD define you. You have a new path in life. You have your faith. It's only going to make you stronger. And one day, 20, 30 years from now, you're going to look back and say, you know what? I took a stance. I got my moral principles. And you're going to have your dignity. And I promise you, your name will be cleared, and in the end, you will be the one walking tall. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. It means a lot that you said that because uh, I really believe it, uh, it has a good chance of becoming that. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. 65 Police Live. We are the experts. Sal, we want to have you back on soon, brother. Uh, it be my pleasure, John. Like I said, God bless. God bless to you guys, and uh, God bless everyone out there, even the haters. And, uh, you know, uh, just keep me in your prayers and I keep everyone in my, in my prayers. I just I wish the best for everybody.